This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. And the goal that we have is to provide our listeners the real facts, the real stats about our local market. Well, you wouldn't go into a football game without a well-prepared game plan. Well, real estate is no different. We will provide you with the information that will help you make a well-prepared game plan so you'll be a winner in the real estate game. And one of the beauties of this show is all the different guests that we have. We have 4,000 members of the Realtors Association, just the Fresno Association of Realtors. And one of those is here today, Jenny Toasty of Realty Concepts and a freelance writer. That's right. Good morning. Good morning. (laughs) And you're probably not too afraid of a microphone because you have a background in working with microphones, right? Right, but I'm used to television, so radio still gets me a little nervous. (laughs) (laughs) I would think it's the other way around. (laughs) (laughs) It should be easier, right? Because I don't have to worry about any cameras this morning. But yeah, it's a a little nerve-wracking. But, you know, you're a pro, so I'm I'm happy to be here. (laughs) So I I remember once in a while I get on TV, and um, and of course I'm used to radio. Right. And I remember one of my friends saying, would you quit rocking back and forth and stand still? <laughs> yeah. So see, that's one of the advantages of radio. Nobody knows if you're rocking back and forth. That's right. I don't know why I did my makeup this morning. <laughs> I could have just <laughs> rolled out of bed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So we're going to go to the next guest now, and that's Jim Yovino. Nick Yovino. Nick. I'm sorry. I say, I even did that. Everybody um, gets us mixed up. So All right. But you're the smarter and better looking of the two, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Nick Yovino is the former director of the City of Fresno Planning and Development Department. And we are going to be talking today a lot about an article that Jenny wrote. And um, you used Nick as a big resource Mm -hmm. on this, on the need for regional planning. Yes. And um, I, I'm curious about a lot of this stuff. So I think I'll be asking some, some good questions. I know a little bit about housing mm-hmm. and, and <laughs> this will, you know, so maybe I'll, maybe I'll ask one or two good questions in there. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Thank you. Um, now you, you were on TV before, Jenny, mm-hmm. who'd you work for? So I was on CBS 47 and KC 24. So I did 10 years of local television and uh, Valley News and weather. And one of the things that struck me is I I didn't grow up here. And the more I was in the Valley, the more I realized we have to tell the story about what's going on here, that we have so many great fruits and vegetables. We're the breadbasket of the world. And so my career kind of transitioned from television news. I went into public relations at Fresno State for a while and Valley PBS. And it's just about telling the Valley's story. We have to explain to the world. We joke about in in public relations, you want to make everything sexy, right? 
So you say, hey, everybody, we're talking about regional planning. How many people get excited out there, right? <laughs> Not many. <laughs> right? No, no. But if you talk about we have to feed 10 billion people by the year 2050, we can't feed those people now and we're losing farmland at an incredible rate, suddenly it's interesting. Suddenly somebody that grew up in Maryland has to worry about, you know, what if you can't get cherries in the future? So trying to make this a topic a little sexier for you. <laughs> well, okay, and let me put it in perspective. A hundred years ago, and this is because I paid attention at school growing up, that's why I know this, but a hundred years ago, the number one agricultural area in the world was the Los Angeles Basin. Wow. And look at it now. Right. Concrete, asphalt, high rises, mm -hmm. um, and just one city after another. Yep. And, and so, maybe, I don't know, regional planning yep. may have helped them a little. <laughs> you know, and that's exactly what Nick brought up when I was talking to him was we don't want that to happen here. And so he's been working really hard on that in his career to try to have us think about that before we turn into the, the next L.A. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. When you talk about L.A. and you talk, and Jenny mentioned, uh, you know, 10 plus billion people in the world. Um, in California, despite what you, know, you hear about out migration versus in migration and higher taxes and more regulation, California still is a very desirable place to live, and it will be for the foreseeable future. And the state population right now is approaching 40 million and it's projected that by 2030 uh, it will be about 44 million people so to put some scale to that to understand what that really means is the, the current population of la the city los angeles is 4 million so in the next eight or nine years there's going to be a no a whole nother los angeles somewhere in california wow okay some of it will be in L.A., but a lot of it will be in other parts like the San Joaquin Valley. And that pressure will put, um, or that growth will, potential will put pressure on a lot of resources, including ag land and water and other things. And uh, that's why I think it's important that cities start to work together now that we should have long ago, but even more importantly that we start now. A lot of that growth will come to the San Joaquin Valley. And because of... Uh, telecommuting and what we've learned through COVID. We're, we're going to live differently, okay? People will, will live one, you know, live in one part of the state and work in another part. And I think for your, your industry, um, there's gonna be a lot of changes, uh, even in the kind of housing that, that's built. Uh, people have learned to, to shop at home more, uh, work at home, entertain at home, and educate at home. And uh, I think this, that's going to change how, you know, housing is built and designed as well. So mm -hmm. a lot of change happening, a lot of impacts, you know, upon the whole state. But particularly, I'm more concerned about the San Joaquin Valley. All right. So in your opinion, because I've been hearing for decades that the Bay Area, Southern California, they're going to start migrating into our valley. Um, and for all these years, I've seen a little, a little bit of it, not much. I'm not even really sure if there's been a bigger influx in the last year because of telecommuting and uh, telework. But I, I, um, 
In fact, we recently did a survey of the Fresno Multiple Listing Service, and only 8% of the buyers in a three-month period of time came from the Bay Area, 4% from Los Angeles. So most of the sales were homegrown people. Mm-hmm. So, but do you see the, do you see the pressure more and more making people come here? Yes, I do. Um, I mentioned my brother Jim. You know, you know, I was talking to him a couple months ago, and he was telling me every once in a while he has to drive to Sacramento for a two-hour meeting from Fresno. So his commute time is six hours. So now he gets on his computer on a, at a Zoom meeting, and his commute time is 60 seconds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just think about that for a while, okay? Um, so, yeah, maybe the data is uh, – you know, it, it, for one year or so, I mean, whatever it is, it is. But I think things are going to change. I think there's going to be more demand and more pressure for housing, specifically in the San Joaquin Valley. And I think it will, it will of course, affect farmland and other, mm-hmm. other issues and resources. And I've seen that as a realtor. You'll get the cash buyer come in from San Francisco, and they price out locally local people, working people who are trying to afford a home, a cash buyer comes in because they don't need to live in the Bay Area with those high prices anymore, and they can cash out the equity in their home, pay cash for something here, and get it above somebody that's living and working here. And it's a ripple effect. I was just reading an article about it happening all across the United States, that then people from California are going to Nevada, Texas, Idaho, and they're they're pricing the people out of those markets as well. So we're on the first wave of it, and then it just continues across the country. So they're saying they need to think about planning in other parts of the country as well, because we know in California we have this housing shortage. We can see it as realtors that, you know, it's a bidding war. I've listed a house and had, you know, 30 showings in one day, 15 offers. So it's and I this was real one tech. Of them. You were one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry you didn't get the house. Thank you for still having me on the radio. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't hold a grudge. I know, right? I appreciate that. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's this uh, tug. You know, as a realtor, I see the need for housing. As a journalist, I'm worried about how we're eating up farmland, and so that's why we have to think of some solutions. All right. Um, and do you would you feel like there's more of a housing shortage in California than there is in other parts of the nation? That might be a tough question, be, being you were a, a local planner. <laughs> but you, what what have you heard on the streets? Well, I think it's 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 rippling across there. So I think. We have a shortage here, and so that's trickling over into the other states. So when people leave California and they rush to Texas, suddenly they're having a housing boom, and they're saying, you know, we need to think about how do you plan a city so that the workers aren't priced out of an area, and then suddenly they have an hour commute to get back to the areas that they can, where they they can afford to live versus where they're working. So Mm -hmm. I see that ripple effect. Yeah, Yeah, and I totally agree with that. Yeah. Well, when we get back from our first commercial break, I want to give some statistics so people know what's happening locally Mm -hmm. in the market. But one question before we go, what part of Maryland were you from, Jenny? Gaithersburg, right outside of D.C. I was born at Bethesda. 
Are you from Maryland? No, but I was there once, twice, <laughs> three. I did go to um, a baseball game to see the Baltimore Orioles. The Orioles. And I also know that here we pronounce it Baltimore. Over there they pronounce it Bonimer. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, with that, we're going to our first commercial break. Stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio. Don Scordino. And rather than talk about September, as the music suggests, we're going to talk about February with some statistics. So let's go back a year. And the reason I'm talking February, and here we are in March, is I wanted to get the complete month um, and all the different closings. And especially when the last day of the month falls on a Friday, many times those statistics don't get put into the hopper until the following week or two. So, let's go back a year to the year February 2020. Everything was just fine. We were rolling along. We had a moderately growing market. Um, people were talking about the healthiness of it. When, you know, when is it going to flop? It, it was just all the normal talk. Well, in Fresno and Clovis, there were 456 sales. Now you fast forward to February 2021, 432. So almost the same, Mm -hmm. not not significant as far as the difference. But here's where the difference comes in. Last year in 2020, 56% of the listings sold in the first 30 days. This year, 81%. So things are certainly moving faster. And that is reflecting in the median sales price. But you've got to remember what median means. That's not what, it doesn't mean your home went up X amount of dollars. It means the middle price of all the sales went up. So if you have a market where the upper end all of a sudden is selling because of low interest rates or such, that's going to move the median price up more so than the value of each specific home. I have to tell you that because this is a significant number. (laughs) I I had to preface it. (laughs) Couching it for a reason, right? (laughs) That's right. So last year in 2020, February, before the pandemic hit, um, we were just starting to hear things. The the median price was 287,000 for Fresno and Clovis. Mm -hmm. In 2021, that number went up to 342,000. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Good thing I co- <laughs> couched you on that, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so fewer sales though. It, although the, the demand for housing is way up, there may be fewer sales, but there's also this year, you may, it's common to have 10 or 20 offers on one house. Mm-hmm. Whereas last year, eh, three or four maybe, if that. Right. So you can't sell a house unless it's for sale. With that said, keep in mind, beginning April 1st, the new Proposition 19 goes into effect. Mm. So if you're over 55 years old or you're disabled 
or you've been recently displaced by a natural disaster, one of those three, just one of those three categories, then you are eligible to sell your home and move your old property tax base to a newer home, regardless of the price. In the past, it had to be equal or lesser value. Mm -hmm. It also had to be in the same county. Now you can move anywhere in California. And you might say, oh yeah, well I already did that five years ago. Well, Prop 19 says you can now do it three times. So this should open up more inventory. And speaking of more inventory, <laughs> now th th this is statistics for you because you can, uh, they say there's three kinds of lies, little lies, big lies, and then there's statistics. <laughs> All right. A good so, journalist knows you can spin any stat. So yes, remember that. Hey, maybe <laughs> I could be a journalist then because <laughs> here, I'm going to spin this one. In the last 24 hours, there were 91 act, new active listings put into the Fresno MLS. And in the last 24 hours, there were 44 uh, listings that went into escrow. Wow. That's the first time in a long, long time that it hasn't been almost equal or the pendings have been higher than actives. Mm -hmm. So you know what? There's a lot of homes to go look at this weekend. Buyers should get out there and get you one. <laughs> what, what's your take on that, Jenny, as, as a realtor? And uh, what do you see? I see a white hot market, so I see that people are, it, it has two sides that are supporting it, right? The prices are up on houses, which is great for the sellers, and the interest rates are low, which is great for the buyer. That means they can afford more. Most people are concerned about their monthly payment. So if you have that low interest rate, it means they can buy more. And you lock that rate in for 30 years. So it doesn't matter you know, if prices of your home goes up or down in the meantime. You're locked in. It's not like your rent's going up. And we've seen rent prices go up by 20% in the last year. So a lot of people are going, whoa, <laughs> I don't want to pay rent anymore. I'm ready to get in the house. I don't want to lose out on this. And we know historically over time, the value of your home is going to go up. So it's a smart investment. So because of that, we have tons of people that are looking and we have a housing shortage. And the reason why I wrote my recent column in the Fresno Bee about the need for regional planning is because when we have that huge need of for real estate, that could lead to more sprawl, right? We need more developers, we need more houses, but how do we do that in a smart way? And one of the things I reported on back when I was in television was the need for infill housing. And that's where if there's a vacant lot in a neighborhood that hasn't been developed, a developer can come in and put a house or a multi-unit, multi-family unit on that property. And that's something that the city of Fresno tried to do. And then I didn't hear anything more about it. And then I was talking to Nick Yovino and he explained to me what happened. So I think it's a fascinating story of how we need regional planning because Fresno tried to do something smart to limit sprawl and it didn't work out. So I'm gonna give it to Nick to explain what happened there. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> <clears throat> well, my, my career, I had about a almost a 40-year career in planning. It was all local for the city of Fresno, so I did not work in at the county level or uh, higher level. So although I worked only at the city level, of course, I observed a lot that was happening around Fresno. 
And uh, it didn't take very long for me to learn that um, you can't plan in a vacuum as one local jurisdiction because w what you do in, in terms of the way you growth and where and how and timing, it affects other local jurisdictions, other cities. It affects the county or other counties. And it seems like uh, when I would look at our plans and I would look at their plans, you know, we were all addressing the same issues, but uh, they, we were not always addressing them in the same way. So um, over time, uh, to get to, to Jenny's comment about uh, regional planning, what is it where, you know, what should it be? I, I came to the conclusion that there, there has to be some uh, higher level of government to encourage regional planning, and of course that has to be the state. Um, local governments uh, want to work together, but they also want to maintain their local independence, and I can understand that. We all should do that. But there has to be <clears throat> a better way to work together. And uh, what I was explaining to Jenny, I think one of the, probably the best framework to do that is within the general plan. So although all the local jurisdictions have different issues, they deal with them in different ways, one thing they all have to have is a general plan, okay? That's required by state law. And there's mandated elements in the general plan, like you know, housing, uh, conservation, transportation, public, you know, public uh, facilities, noise. But there is no required element for regional planning and cooperation. And uh, the State Office of Planning and Research, which basically um, kind of oversees review of local plans, they basically just look at one jurisdiction at a time. They don't look at, uh, you know, concurrently look at plans for a region or area with each of uh, each local jurisdiction. That's something that they should have been doing, in my opinion, 50 years ago when I started working for the city of Fresno. Um, so. We need regional planning, okay? We need more, we need better regional planning. We need regional cooperation without taking, duly taking away local authority and independence. How can we do that? I think the way to start at the, is at the state level with um, the general plan. Uh, historically, <clears throat> when, when, the, when the state sees an issue to get to a critical level, they come knocking on your door, okay? We have many, many examples of that, many issues, multiple times air quality, housing, uh, you know, just whatever, farmland. I mean, they're, they're going to show up, okay? They're going to be here. And with this issue of uh, growth happening and uh, the impacts on, on um, ag land and other things, I think they're going to show up sooner than later. And I think it's better now for the local jurisdictions to try to work better together and not just independently of the state, but work with the state. So a general plan goes beyond the city limits. Is that a uh, correct statement? Or yes, that's a correct statement. That each city has what's called a sphere of influence. <clears throat> and that's an area where you intend to grow over time. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, that's approved by LAFCO, Local Agency Formation Commission, which consists of uh, five members, two from the board and three, uh, two from uh, city mayors and one at-large member. And what happens is that each time a city uh, decides that it wants to expand its sphere of influence, um, you, they separately go to LAFCO and deal with that issue separately with LAFCO. 
And I have always felt that a much better way to do that, and LAFCO certainly, ha legally, it has uh, the, the capability to do this. It would need more staff and resources, but why not look at adjusting sphere lines all at one time for all 15 cities mm -hmm. in Fresno County at one time with the county and with LAFCO? Why can that not be done? It, it can be done. And uh, I think there's concern about, again, the loss of independence, uh, but I, it, it can be done. We need to do it. And you mentioned all within Fresno County, these 15 cities, but now you got to look at what's happening with Fresno and Madera County. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're the city of Fresno, eh, can't call it the city of Fresno, but the metropolitan area is leapfrogging into Madera yes. County. Yes. So mm -hmm. that makes well, The region it, is beyond the county, absolutely. Yes. Right. So, and that's a good reason for regional planning. And I remember when I got started in this business, it was so easy to define the cities because each city seemed to be separated by 20 miles of vineyards. Right. You know? Yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> <clears throat> right. I mean, look at Sanger is now almost a part of the Fresno metropolitan area. Uh, and that used to be way out in the boonies. And that's part of what happened when Nick tried to get developers to do infill housing in Fresno. Like he was saying, you can't plan in a vacuum but we essentially are planning in a vacuum because while Fresno was trying to encourage infill, it was easier for developers to buy large parcels of land out in Sanger, Clovis, and Madeira. So we've officially jumped the river and all these areas are growing together and it's somewhat haphazard because there hasn't been a regional plan. And because of that, you know, one of the benefits of the regional planning is that if you design a city well, people have to drive less. So there's better air quality, there's more affordable housing, there's more cost-effective public services where you're actually planning where your fire and your police stations are going to be. So it makes sense for all of us who are talking about, you know, we go back to real estate, we want affordable housing. Part of affordable housing is planning where your services are going to go so you do it in a cost-effective manner instead of just growing out in the middle of the county somewhere and you have to bring in all those services and you know, the developers have to pay for that and it, it drives the prices up on the houses. So if we all work together, we can have those things that we, we want. But like Nick said, it's hard for each of those cities to want to give up control. And this is happening right now with the city of Clovis. They just recently voted to expand their sphere of influence by a thousand acres. And so it's going to LAFCA right now. They're, they're doing their environmental impact report. They're checking this out. But we just keep moving. So we've officially jumped into Madeira. We've jumped into the foothills. And the question is, are we doing it in a smart way? And what do we need to do to make sure we're doing it in a smart way? And I live out in the country. I love it. But I, I watch as there's more and more development. And the question is, is anybody master planning the state? Is anybody saying, whoa, 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 we can't feed 10 billion people as it is. And we are eating up farmland at a rate of we would lose 5% of our valuable cropland uh, over the next 20 years. We're going to lose two and a half million acres of ag land in California over the next 20 years. Some of that includes forests. Our, val our valuable land is the cropland here in in California. So losing another 5% of that plus another 20% could be followed by the State Groundwater Management Act, SIGMA. So we're building solar on farms. So we're losing a lot of this, this land. 
at the same time, we need houses. So the question is, how do we do that in a smart way? We need our developers to keep building houses. We love our developers. How do we do it in a smart way? Well, let's think about that. And we're going to have the answers when we get back from our next commercial break. Stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio. Thank you. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we have Jenny Toasty of Realty Concepts here uh, in the studio with us, and also Nick Yovino, former city planner uh, for the city of Fresno. I want to start you off with a good question on regional planning, and it might show the need for it. So yesterday, I was driving around the southern part of the city. I was actually looking at all the uh, big manufacturing uh, in industrial mm-hmm. buildings that were going in and trying to see is there a need for housing in that area and then it hit me why in the southern part of fresno do we have north avenue that sounds like a lack of planning to me <laughs> <laughs> do you want to hear the answer sure <laughs> my husband he grew up in easton and Easton had the original Washington Colony. That was the original settlement out here. So the oldest high school in the, I think, uh, at least Fresno County, is Washington Union. So that original Washington Colony is what they based all the streets off of. So around Easton, you have north, south, east, west, and that was the original boundaries of that area. And then Fresno grew along later. So Easton is older than Fresno? I think so. Wow. I might be wrong, but that's my understanding. <laughs> well, we're on the radio, so we'll just... Uh, <laughs> Somebody our, will tell us yeah. <laughs> if we are wrong. <laughs> but I believe it's, it's the oldest one, and, and that's why. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I have to admit, it's the only thing that makes sense. Right. I mean, uh, why else would you have north in the south? And it's a perfect example of if we don't plan, it's all going to be like that. And you're right about... We have this great industrial triangle now between where 99 and uh, 41 and around North Avenue come together. And so the city's planning on having more of that growth there. That's where Amazon is, that's where Ulta is. And so yes, how do we, if we're smart about our development, wouldn't we put houses around that so that people don't have to drive as far? It's a perfect example of That's why I was driving there yesterday to see, try to find that answer. Mm -hmm. And Fowler's growing. So if you look at down the 99, Fowler, Selma, Kingsburg have all been growing. They're turning into suburbs of Fresno because people will drive up. And now that you, it's easy access to the, the industrial park there, it makes sense for Fowler to be growing. And I'm, I drive through that area all the time, and I'm seeing the houses. And again, it's part of the reason why I wrote the column about the need for regional planning because Fowler has prime farmland. You know, we're seeing those raisins be ripped out like you wouldn't believe. And we only grow raisins in the U.S. within a 30-mile radius of Fresno. So we would have no U.S. grown raisins if we don't uh, plan for the future. If this all gets eaten up, if we wake up in 30 years from now and all of our farmland is gone, guess what? You can't get it back. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, And that would be a shame to because that is what our valley is known for, mm-hmm. is ag. And, and people don't realize how what a unique thing that is. So the reason why we can grow fruits and vegetables that can't be grown anywhere else in the world is because we have a Mediterranean climate. And we are one of only five or six regions in the entire world. So because we're surrounded by it, we might not 
understand how special that is. But we can grow things because things like nuts and fruits need water, but they don't need the rain. <laughs> the rain will ruin them. So the fact that we can store it in the mountains, bring it down, irrigate it, and grow those crops without the rain is what makes it so special. And we have this incredibly fertile soil. The problem is that as we're growing, we're not doing it in a smart way. So the state of California has mapped all of the land, the farmland, and they know which one has the best soil quality, which one has water irrigation for it. And the problem is, is that we're eating up prime farmland. So we are losing that. That's the rate of farmland conversion is going to increase tremendously as we grow toward that 44, that 50 million people. And in the last 30 years, the majority of development in the valley has been that prime farmland, according to the American Farmland Trust. So they're trying to protect the, the land here in the valley. The California Department of Food and Agriculture is also saying this is something that we need to worry about. We need regional planning. And I was shocked to learn that the planning in California, there is no state agency. For as much as we talk about regulation in California, there is nobody overseeing our farmland and protecting it. It's left up to each county to decide and work with the cities to define their their spheres of influence, their growth plans, and there's nobody saying, oh, hey, Fresno's growing like crazy, Kings County's growing like crazy, Madera's now growing like crazy, and no one, Visalia's growing like crazy, and nobody's putting a boundary on it. And you are right about the different terrain and, and soils. Um, now, I'm just a residential real estate broker, but I was driving with a friend who's into ag. He's an agricultural broker. And we were, let's see, just north of Visalia. And we're driving on this road, and he goes, look up here. Start paying attention to the dirt. I said, all right, mm -hmm. I'll pay attention to the dirt. He goes, notice how all of a sudden it's going to turn color. And he says, that's called the Golden Triangle. It's the most fertile area, and it's a triangular-shaped thing. And so he, he said, that's where all the great farmland is. He, and he says, here in our valley, we have areas of hard pan mm -hmm. that's not conducive to, uh, to, to growing crop unless we have all that irrigation from the mountains, which we do, and that's what helps. But I was amazed to realize that dirt is not just dirt. There's different right. kinds and valuable. So you're right. What what if we were to build a new housing subdivision in, in the that? Golden Triangle? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that I, I used to work with Fresno State, and I did a, a story about they have a program that trains future city planners on regional, on regional and city development and planning. And one of the things that McCaffrey was saying when they developed Tesoro Viejo is that it wasn't prime farmland, that where you see cattle, that might be a better place to grow than where you're seeing almonds and pomegranates and things that can't be grown anywhere else in the United States. So that's another thing to look out for too. And so McCaffrey was being very conscious of the land and how they could put the houses on it while still uh, you know, showing the great features of the land, kind of working with the hills, giving access to the river. So that might be an example of a, a smart way to grow instead of just, you know, ripping out some some more almonds. Mm -hmm. All right. So and, and as far as the Mediterranean regions, 
my family was from southern Italy and Sicily, mm -hmm. and that's why they came to the Fresno area, mm -hmm. because it was so similar right. to that Mediterranean region. Do you know where the other ones are in the world? I know there's one in Turkey, mm -hmm. right? And Turkey's also dealing with water issues. So the in the East. Yeah, the Middle East has a lot of them. Do you know other ones, <laughs> Nick? That's pretty much it. I mean, it, uh, you have the Mediterranean area and Middle East, and then you have mm -hmm. this part of the United States. Right. So it's a very, very limited area. And um, the climate, uh, the groundwater, the, you know, storage of water in the mountains, I mean, it all, it all works, and the fertility of the soil, of course, it all works together. I mean, you just don't have this very many places in, in the world. So I remember back to a class I took at Fresno City College. It, it, it's called the Geography of California. And this shows you why we have such a fertile valley. When the Sierra Nevadas block faulted millions of years ago and rose, you had this, all the debris falling off the mountain mm -hmm. into the valley, and that's called the alluvial fan. Yeah. Gosh, I, can you, you believe I actually got a C minus in that class too? And I still remember this stuff. <laughs> but but um, and then of course we have one of the world's largest water banks or snow banks, just sixty miles away from us, um, and that keeps us with abundant water. Right. Ah, uh, somebody's going to argue that one. Abundant water, potentially abundant water throughout the year. So. That is why we, we live in such a agriculturally rich area. Yes. And if you look at also um, the people that are saying, you know, that climate change is happening, they're looking at the middle around the equator of the world. People are fleeing those areas and they're not farming those areas anymore. So if you see people fleeing out of those areas and un unable to grow crops, if climate change continues and we lose some of that snow bank in the mountains, there's some studies that say in 100 years there might not even be snow in our mountains in the future. Um, but we need that water storage there as it trickles down to irrigate our crops. So if we have less snow in the mountains, plus it's getting hotter in other areas, that just makes it all the more dire to protect the farmland that we do have. Because once you put a shopping mall on it or a house on it, it's not going back to farmland. And there's cities, I think it's up in Oregon, right around Portland, that has made a zone. And the, the cities in Europe also do it, where they say, you cannot grow into our farmland. The city stops here, and they have a hard line on it, versus we don't have that here. So when we get back from commercial break, I want to ask, how do you stop that? So let's go to our, our, our last commercial break, and stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio. Won't take nothing but a Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and here we have Nick Yovino, former uh, City of Fresno Director of Planning and Development, and Jenny Toasty, former uh, news anchor, and also now currently a realtor and also a freelance journalist. Mm -hmm. Jenny wrote an article recently with the help of Nick on the need for regional planning. Before the last break, we said, okay, once you get to that prime, that prime ag land, how do you stop the building? 
you still have people moving here. You still have families growing, people wanting a backyard. Um, how do you stop it? That's a tough question, huh? <laughs> well, I'll start with that. And uh, anytime you talk about lo- long-term planning policies and you use the word stop, it has definitely has a, a reaction. Okay, there's a reaction to it. And um, I think, I think for me, a better word is start. Start to figure out where the limitations should should be placed. Okay, and that was my whole prior the point about the the lack of regional planning or the need to do it in a better way. Uh, we need to start to communicate better with each other as local jurisdictions, and jointly plan better together so that we can establish these lines or the you know where we should grow and not grow that's maybe that's another way of saying to stop but uh, it has to it has to start it has to start and I think you have to find a common framework for that to start and again that common framework in my opinion is the general plan everybody has to have a general plan despite what they do they all have to have that and that's regulated under state law I think the state needs to start by saying, look, every local jurisdiction needs a regional cooperation element in their general plans and figure out ways to work better together so those lines can be established. So the general plan is, how would we define the general plan? Would that be the city's plan or the municipality's plan for what type of development is going to go on this block and on that block yeah. and that would be low density housing high density commercial yes it's the city's statement about how it wants to grow where it wants to grow and when it wants to grow usually over a 20-year period but it's updated every typically updated every 10 years but it is a 20-year plan okay and your, your sphere of influence lines at that time are established uh, usually uh, by working with the county. And then it's consummated through an MOU, Memorandum of Understanding, with standards in it, but also includes a tax sharing agreement. So what happens when two cities' general plans don't mesh? Well, that's a good question. Um, you know, uh, I don't know that there's any state oversight. Uh, you just hope that the cities work together to try to resolve the difference or maybe working together with the county try to resolve any differences that you have. Here in Fresno County, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being excellent communication between the, the different planning departments, one being the opposite, mm-hmm. where are we as a whole? Well, I'm going to say around 5 or 6, okay, because we, we, do have, we do have some regional planning happening with the Fresno County Transportation Authority in the Manage Measure C. Council of Governments, they do, a, they do a great job in regional coordination with transportation and some other issues. But we need, to, we need to do a lot more. So I would say five to six. Okay, so you're saying we can't be a five or six anymore. We need to step it up. Yes, exactly. Jenny, your comments on that. I just want people to think about that we are headed toward 10 billion people by the year 2050. We do not know how we are going to feed all those people. And in the Valley, we have one of the only five Mediterranean regions of the world, yet over 300,000 acres in the San Joaquin Valley are expected to be converted to houses by the year 2050 as the California state population 
explodes. And over half of that is high quality farmland that we don't have anywhere else in the United States. So if we have farms under threat here in California from the sprawl, we have to do something to protect it. You cannot get it back once it's gone. And I see that as a realtor. I grew up back east with humidity. I hated it. I joke that my whole career, whether I've been in television or PR or now as a realtor, has been selling Central California. I love Fresno. I love that we have no humidity. The mountains are an hour away. The beach is two hours away. I'm like, heck yeah, I think everybody should be moving to Fresno and I will sell you a house. (laughs) (laughs) But the problem is we have to do it in a smart way because future wars are going to be fought over water and they're going to be fought over food and we cannot feed 10 billion people where we're headed to so what are we going to do to solve that issue and that might mean that maybe we don't have as big a yards in the future maybe this isn't the place where everybody from la and san francisco moves to have a big backyard (laughs) go to nevada for that or go to idaho for that we have to protect that farmland and do it in a smart way and i love that nick is is bringing that regional planning idea to the forefront that we have to have Clovis and Sanger and Fresno and Madeira in our area working together to design better cities that require less driving that have better air quality that's the goal right so that everybody wins we love our developers we need more housing we have a housing shortage but we also have a farmland shortage ah so okay so I think the point of today's show is to get everybody thinking that we can't have it all Mm mm-hmm yeah, we're, and we better plan for the future. Nick, what do you want people to remember most about today's show? It's just kind of like what you just ended with. We need to think bigger. We need to think longer on this issue, okay? Mm-hmm. Bigger, longer, and together, okay? And that's, together. That's that's the message I want to get out there. And we have to think together because we're growing together. Yes, Absolutely. <laughs> Jenny, what would you want people to remember most about today's show? Just remember that there is nobody making sure that we have farmland for the future. There is no state agency overseeing that. So it is possible we could wake up in 2050 and the farmland is gone and we don't know how we're going to grow our food. It's similar with water issues in the valley. You know, there's a lot of people that are, there's four different stakeholders when it comes to water. How do we make them all happy? And that's what I'm trying to do in my Fresno B column on finding common ground is how do we find common ground? So we're not trying to start a war with regional planning. We're saying, hey, the at least we can do is have regional planning and do a smart way for growth, for developers, for the people who are coming here and for the farmers. Thank you. I want to bring up a point that is aside from this, but it's something that I thought about it. I don't know. It was in my dreams last night, but this is why people should buy a home. I'm so happy that my son, who moved to Florida to, to work over there at Disney World, he's in escrow. He, he's buying his first home. And all, I kept dreaming last night about this is so great that he is securing his future. Mm-hmm. He, he's taking that step to uh, independent wealth instead of asking dad for 20 bucks. <laughs> 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 but, but also because he's getting that low interest rate, fixed rate mortgage, he knows what his payment's gonna be in the year 2040. Yep, Um, lock it in. Yeah, and if all goes bad, he still has a place to call home. So I wanna thank both of you for coming in today and sharing your experience. And by the way, both of you were extremely well prepared. (laughs) 
I'm looking at more notes over here on the other <laughs> side of the table than I'm used to. Maybe Thank I you, should, John. Maybe I should take a, a lesson on that one. Stop. Thank you, <laughs> You're fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. I paid you for that one. <laughs> hey, everybody, tune in next week. We have a real estate attorney, Harry Pascuzzi, going to be on the show, and we're going to be talking about the legal aspects of real estate. Thank you.